0: Hi everybody and welcome to 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. I'm your co-host Michelle Pratt, owner of Coaching and Training Business, Dive Deeper Development. And I'm your other co-host Katie Carlisle, owner of The Wheel Exists, which does Squarespace
1: website design and training. And I also run Freelance Folk, which is a community for freelancers who want to be alone together.
0: And today we're going to talk about sickness for freelancers and the fact that we don't get sick days. It seems to be quite topple as it's that time of year when everyone's coming down with colds. Including me, I'm poorly today. Including Katie who's poorly as we speak. I've got an ear infection and I feel rubbish and I'm feeling very sorry for myself. It's true and I was feeling pretty sick last week and I was feeling pretty sorry for myself as well and that impacted my productivity so that's why we thought we'd discuss this topic. Indeedy yeah so we'll start as we normally do by saying why is this a problem for freelancers oh.
1: sometimes it's more obvious than others and this is one of the times where we're like obviously it's really annoying and it's a problem
0: Well, not getting paid for starters isn't it i mean i was just thinking about this and did you think about being employed it suddenly seems quite cushy doesn't it you get paid holiday you get paid sick leave and of course if you're feeling poorly then someone else will still pay you your wages regardless
1: yes at least up to a point um and actually interestingly and i'm totally deviating from our show notes because we are actually vague professionals and we do prepare for these podcasts (laughs) but it's just made me think what you said there one of the things that i think in employment you actually find quite challenging is if you do have quite a lot of days off sick for whatever reason then you, you instigate a hr process and then you have to kind of justify yourself and you have to go to the doctors even when you're feeling really ropey you have to go to the doctors to kind of you don't prove that you're ill and everything. And actually that is the kind of good side of freelancing in that you don't have to go and prove how ill you are and you don't feel that you've only got a limited number of days that you're allowed to be ill. So if you do have something that's recurring or longer term, actually, freelancing allows you to manage that a bit more.
0: Yeah, it is. It's also a double-edged sword though, I think, because there is, you you know, when you're sick normally, you have to be accountable to someone else. And sometimes your boss decides if you're employed. So, oh, it's okay, I can go home. My boss sent me home. My boss said it was okay for me to go home. Whereas actually when you're self-employed, to give yourself that permission is actually a lot harder. Yeah,
1: it is, it's really tricky. And I think, I I would say that most freelancers are the kind of people that are sort of very much doers and you know that quite proactive a lot of the time and and actually probably most people who are freelance will just work if you're ill you just kind of work and push through and you know it needs to get done so i'm going to
0: have to do it and that's just oh come hell of water yeah you, you would probably work i know you know to stop me training i'd have to be pretty much bedridden so even i'm standing up there feeling nauseous or sick or in a lot of pain i'm still going to go ahead and deliver for the client the only way i'd not do that if i thought i was letting the client down yeah exactly and i think that is that that
1: fear you know a lot of us who have clients that is what we worry about, that, that will let the client down. And and also the, the kind of knock on effect of that is if you don't do the work, you don't get paid. So, and, and most of us need the money. And so that is the other thing, like you said with paid work, you get paid if you turn up. But with freelancing, if you don't turn
0: up, you generally don't get paid. And I think with a large company as well, if uh, you don't do the work, there's someone else to pick up the slack. They might not like you for it, but at least you've got a team. I mean, that client is your is your business's client. It's not your client. So I think when you're self-employed, there's also the reputational risk. You don't want to be someone who flakes out on a client or lets yeah. the client down. And quite often, our, the, our ability to deliver affects our client's ability to deliver. And especially if you're small business to small business, no one wants to land anybody in that. So we'll normally push ourselves through the pain barrier just to get the job done.
1: Yeah, especially if we're working with clients who themselves are in employment. And you know that, I've had it before where kind of, it's almost the the, the client is showing up and they're a bit ill. So then you feel obliged to show up as well because you're a bit ill. But actually that, you know, th- that's their choice to do it and that's their company culture. But there's that feeling of pressure of like, oh, okay, well, if you're ill, then, then I have to show up too if you're showing up. And you know, actually in, in amongst the freelance community as well. Um, Oops! Did not turn my sound notifications off there. In the freelance community as well, like you know, like, like if, if you if if you say, oh, I'm I'm really ill, but here I am, then you're kind of setting that that standard almost, and you know that kind of peer pressure type thing of, okay, well, all these other freelancers are showing up when they're ill, so I need to do that too. Uh, and I think that that pressure that that people kind of perceive. Not, they might even put it on themselves but oh other people are doing it so I have to do it
0: yeah so there's a lot of pressure there there's a lot at stake the, the money the reputation the time and probably the pressure you say the pressure you put on yourself more than anything else so it, it's a bit of a problem I do sometimes wish that I could call in sick and still get paid <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be amazing
1: and I think for some of the time of course it's you know what depending on what kind of freelancing you do if you're doing training, then yeah, you pretty much have to show up because everybody else is going to be showing up at that time. Exactly. You if you're doing do a client website project and you've got a deadline and you've got a bit of time to do it, then of course, having that day, you know, whether you do the work on that day or not, as long as it's not the deadline day, you have a bit more flexibility. So it's it can depend on the type of freelancing work that you're doing.
0: Yeah. But even when you're doing that work where you're not actually got a deliverable for a client-facing deliverable that day it is still attempting uh, to guilt yourself to push yourself through to go well I should be doing this or I should be doing yeah, that or it's yeah. all on me I've got to do it but most and most of the time look, do you know what it's fine to push through I think most of the time that Kind of works, you go no matter how sick I am or how injured I am, if I have to turn up somewhere on crutches, if I have to turn up feeling under the weather and dose myself up on caffeine and just collapse at the end of the day, I think that's fine most of the time. You can do it, and if anything, well, I think so. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, sometimes it's good in that you have you feel that sense of responsibility in a way that an employee might not do. So it does mean that because we're very closer to our our clients, that we you know we are we we show up when we say we will. But I agree, I don't think it's always better to to push through. I do think a lot of the time we should be more mindful of just calling in sick to ourselves.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think sometimes I, I don't I, I feel like you get to know your own limits when you're freelancing. Maybe a bit differently to how you do when you're employed as well. Yeah. Um and I think the thing with employment is a lot of the time it's kind of all or nothing. So, you know, you if you go into the office, then you're kind of expected to be at work, doing at work things. So you're either kind of at home, ill, doing nothing, or you're in the office and you're working. Whereas at least with freelancing, you have, there's a bit more of a a sliding scale. So you you don't have to say, right, I'm going to do nothing all day. You can just take it a bit easier and give yourself a bit more of a break. So in that sense, I think freelancing is actually an easier way to be sick because you can then, do have a go do a little bit but without having to travel and without having to commute and without having to then be at work for the whole day and try and kind of act like a normal human when you feel like a zombie so if you've got the option to be able to just stay at home and just kind of do a little bit of work then I think that can help.
0: It, it can if you let yourself if, if, if you take yeah, that yeah. as well but Joe, you know, i think while most of the time this being a hero and, and, and charging on through is it works for most of us i do think there's a bit of wisdom in knowing when to stop and one of the problems that i found with trial and error is that if you continue to push through when you're sick it quite often exacerbates uh, an existing illness so something that yeah. will take two days if you went to bed will last a week or two weeks. Yeah, and it's I'm, gonna fit you for ages. And I've
1: definitely had that before, and learned the hard way that yeah, th- th- there are limits to how much you can just push through and dose up on painkillers and just keep going, and and it does then impact your recovery time. Um, and I think it can also mean that that then leads to you feeling more stressed and more anxious as well, because actually, like you say, what could have been just two days of of looking after yourself then turns into two weeks and and prolonging that kind of is today am I am I well enough to work okay okay tomorrow and, and I, I don't know about you Michelle I, I, I always do this thing when I'm ill I'm like okay okay well tomorrow I'll be better so it'll be fine and and I kind of just yeah just think that I'll be okay and so I'm like it'll be fine it will be fine and then the tomorrow arrives and I'm like Wait wait a minute. What? Why am I not okay? I I did not agree this with my body. (laughs) (laughs) This is not okay.
0: Yeah, but I I I think. But also, you think, oh well, I'll push through. I'll push through, and then you think, well, I worked all the hours yesterday that I meant to work, but I've done half the amount. And if you do it for a second or third day, well, I've worked all this time, and I know that I should be here, but actually, I'm way behind. So now I'm still sick. And i still haven't got the work done so i'm behind and poorly yeah and i'm just dragging that out forever
1: that is such a good point about the productivity side of it and, and just the attention to detail like i do not do website stuff when i'm ill pretty much ever because it requires attention to detail and that goes out of the window when my head's all foggy so you know there's nice easy tasks that i can do and i think that's probably again one of the things that I quite like about freelancing is that if I'm ill I can just go right here are my easy tasks I can just do some emails I can do some reading stuff where I don't need to use all of my creative brain or my kind of attention to detail brain that works for me um and yeah anything which involves me kind of processing information <laughs> not so much true
0: like yeah, planning you can kind of do but anything that takes some conscious effort is probably not going to work yeah I feel like passive tasks
1: are quite good so like I quite often watch YouTube videos like kind of you know talks you know stuff like that from people that's quite good because you can you can generally pick up the message as long as it's not too
0: taxing a subject yeah Um, or admin tasks yeah exactly i can't face phone calls when i'm feeling sick though yeah so i think sometimes you just drag it out for longer and then your productivity suffers but your well-being mental and physical suffer as well and of course you might make your clients sick if you're meeting clients when you're ill (laughs) i mean I kind of annoyed. I wish you could add a penalty to your fee when a client makes you sick when you're <laughs> with them. I think that should definitely I mean I might write that into the contract. <laughs> but then if you make your client sick, um, you're probably not going to be re popular either. Mind you, if you make them sick enough, they might put the deadline back because they yes, can't do the work. There we go, everyone's gonna breathe on all your clients. Genius. Do it now. So what can we do about it then? Like if if we're, you know, in the situation where we're a freelancer and we're ill, what can we do? I think so I think the first one is make make a call. So don't try and just just soldier on. I think if you really are feeling sick and you're struggling and your productivity is dropping off a cliff, I would say make the call. Do I take a day off? And it's and like you said, you can, the prop. The benefit of freelancing is you can do that half and half. The downside of the freelancing is you can you do, can it, do half it half and half. half yeah. And if you work in a team or for an employer, you'd have to make the call and say, right, am I calling in sick today, telling everyone to back off, or am I carrying on today? And it'd be an either or thing. And I think you've got to make that decision. And if you really are poorly, my my suggestion would be if you can do it take the day off do it off. do it properly but do it properly not oh, I'll do some emails yeah. We'll just write a bit of a blog like just go just to bed just give yourself that break that you need dose up and sleep yeah you know, <laughs> hydration and sleep i think are the best things if you've got got the time and the space to do it so that'd be the first thing but i think people find that quite tricky yeah definitely and
1: we're not we've not even got to the point of actually if you've got kids or if you're caring for somebody or if actually it's an, it's not even a you being sick day it's your kids sick Day. Yeah. that's the whole other whole other ball game. yeah but
0: if you've got the opportunity to look after yourself you should i think it. people feel guilty right. though don't yeah. they because it's like oh i should be doing this oh i should be doing that and i think that one of the things that you've got to do is let go of the guilt and i think guilt is normally a feeling that you get when you're breaking somebody else's rules it's very hard to feel guilty about something that's okay with you this is coaching coming in here, but actually guilt is normally belongs the, breaking someone else's rule. So my question there would be if I were coaching someone, well, who says you can't take a day off? Or who says you need productive? Or who says you have to do this? And just trying to work out are you have you got a hangover from your old employer days? Or from your parents point of view? Or actually, is it generally okay for you to take a day off sick?
1: Yeah, because I think for some people, it's just that they hate doing nothing. Yeah. You know, some people are really bad patients, and they just hate being in bed, not doing anything, being bored. And so then there's a temptation to work and kind of, yeah, exactly, push yourself. But I think if you are okay with resting, then it is that, yeah, that kind of... Permission, is yeah you? that Yeah, that, oh, no, you know, like, I don't want people to think I'm slacking and all all of you feel like you're slacking yeah but But the stupid thing is as well like it's a freelancer like you you're gonna make up that time yeah of course you like if i took a day off i'd just work on a weekend day or you know do a slightly longer day and work a couple of evenings to make up that time because it's the work still needs to get done but i think you you forget it you're a freelancer you can set your own hours and we're gonna be doing another podcast all about routine and the hours that you work and everything but i think yeah it's 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 odd that we we still almost tie ourselves to this nine to five mindset well, of I've, we still uh, have to show up.
0: And when I became self-employed, I was still had this this voice in my head, and I don't even know whose it was. Like I've got to be adding value, but. Chuffed did that. <laughs> I've got to be productive. I have to produce something today. And it's like, no, I decide how productive I'm going to be. And actually, um, I think I'm probably going to be more productive for, for slowing down to speed up. So it's that mindset shift between feeling guilty, but accepting that this is what's going to make you go faster. But not only faster, this is what's going to produce quality work. And of course, you risk there are risks to not being productive, but there's risks to doing crap work. Yeah, And I, they're, they're equally as painful, I think. So that's, as, would, that's assuming that you can take the time yeah. off. We will, we'll talk about what to do if that's not. And if you general. can
1: take the time off, how would you communicate that to a client? If Would would you tell a
0: client? If a client is not expecting anything from me, and quite often they're not, then no, when I'm not delivering something, I've not got a meeting with them, then I wouldn't need to. So if I put my out of office on or my voicemail on, then people would respect it. Um, so would you set an out of office if you were ill? Uh, potentially, if I really, really wanted to go to bed, or if someone asked me any questions, I would just send a quick email, yeah, and just saying, look, um, I'm, you know, I'm, f- I'm feeling sick today, I'm going to go to bed. Uh, leave any, anything urgent, you know, give me a ring, but otherwise, I'll get back to you later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually that's one thing that I find
1: quite tricky is that that yeah, like like, like you said, phone calls are just really hard work when you're ill and your yeah, brain isn't yeah. working properly. Um, so when so on Friday when I felt most deathlike um, last week, I had a I had about three or four people phoning me, and it was really hard not to pick up the phone because I'm sort of you know Pavlovianly conditioned that if a client rings me I answer the phone unless I'm
0: literally in a meeting or something Yeah, okay, We need to podcast about that because I do not do that at all. I'm responsive, but not that responsive. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, they're ringing. I think it's the fact that, you know, I can
1: answer. I'm here. I could take the call. Um, but, but I, but I was like, no, I'm going to let it ring out. And then all I did was just send them a quick text to say like, I'm not, able to chat at the moment are you free next week for a call yeah because... and I didn't even say I was ill no. I just said
0: like oh I'm not available i sorry I know. missed you your client knows that you have other clients too, yes, so exactly. it's not like yeah. you're expected to be on on, on yeah day, eight, yeah seven, four seven so I think you can do a bit of a bit of a gap as well so communication I think is key I think the other thing is well communicate to your clients early if that's what you're going to do so last year we were talking about ear infections today as you've got an ear infection I had a double ear infection last year I had some training delivery, which was done over webinar using virtual classrooms, and I had to have my headset on. And I couldn't hear, my ears were popping. um, I could barely speak, I had a chest infection. I couldn't breathe and speak at the same time. And I'd been given antibiotics, so I knew that it would probably be okay to do the training in 10 days time. I was not gonna be that severely ill in 10 days time, but it was pretty bad sickness. And I also knew that there's a possibility I was still gonna be sick. So I contacted the client 10 days in advance. I said, look, here's the situation. I'm really sick. I don't know if I'm going to be able to deliver. Don't want to give up the work. You know, I like always getting work from you, but I don't want to say I can deliver if there's a possibility that I can't. I figured I'd give you enough time to find someone else. They went off and found someone else. As it turned out, I could have done the work. But for the sake of the relationship, I would rather be honest than put them in a difficult position. I said, look, if you, you don't find yourself, I think I'm going to be okay, yeah. but I want to give you the choice. Yeah. And I think that kind of honesty and communication is respected. Yeah, I think so as well. It's the same with meeting,
1: you know, like if you know a couple of days before for a meeting that you're still feeling rubbish, then I think, that, I mean, honestly... People love having meetings cancelled because it gives them back time (laughs) in their day. That's my attitude. When someone cancels a meeting with me, I'm like, as long as it's being rescheduled, I'm like, brilliant, I've got free time now. So firstly, I don't feel sickly bad about cancelling things. But I think as long as you give people notice and it's not then inconveniencing them or you give them the choice, you know, I've been feeling a bit rubbish um i don't want to infect you with anything but if this is a priority and it's the only time you can do then let's carry on Let i can do it and just let them be involved with the decision and like they're humans too there are very few people in this world that don't get sick
0: they get sick I, I, <laughs> I have one friend that doesn't really get sick but like yes like they they get sick too and they reschedule you all the time they can do that they're the client i get it but like you say they're human beings most people feel it so we're not saying yeah everyone go off today but like I think that we can give ourselves permission to do it. If we communicate properly, we plan properly, then I think that it is better to look after yourself. Um, it's like if you had a fault with your car, you know, you could keep driving it and driving it and driving it. The wheels were full of things. <laughs> Whereas if you went and just got it serviced now, you'd be fine. Yeah. And what do you think about kind of the, the idea, a bit of an American one, I think, maybe,
1: but like the idea of kind of duvet days?
0: Yeah, I've never really got the whole duvet day thing, but that's just me. I, I love duvet days. <laughs> what, would you, what would you do with them? just like whatever like I, chill out watch netflix I just, like, yeah i'd probably go do something just... really active with G- <laughs> <laughs> you okay. okay. i think
1: i think i mean you know we've been talking about physical health um really you know in the, in the kind of first bit of the podcast but i think mental health is obviously a big issue as well and you know it's a lot of freelancers talk about it i've talked about the fact that i've had anxiety quite a lot and actually you know freelancing has saved me in so many ways because it's given me that flexibility with my schedule to work when I'm feeling well and to not work when I'm not feeling up to it but I think mental health is a trickier one because I think there's much more of a stigma about it and I think that the the duvey die sort of thing is that like okay yeah I just to, I'm just not coping well today I just want to kind of hide out from the world and um you know just to have that time to just
0: really yeah. okay. switch off your brain a little bit yeah maybe maybe the duvet thing's off-putting for me I oh, yeah, it doesn't
1: literally have to be a duvet because
0: i was thinking maybe a self-care i mean there are days where i either go take care of things in the house or the home because i'd feel better knowing that i would got stuff done in the home or just because it makes me feel good to either sort something out for me personally or to sort that out, you know, to sort the wo- home things out yeah. on, a, on a work day. And so I think there's something about giving yourself permission to take care of you and your environment if that's what you need.
1: And I think with the duvet day, and or, you know, you can call it what you want, like, you know, uh, hiding from well day, uh, self-care day, overwhelm day. Day off. Day off, yeah, day off. Um, I think it's maybe... To, to look at the reason why you feel that you need
0: that. Yeah, definitely.
1: Oh, I'm coming all over on Michelle now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what's I the think, purpose yeah, of that? Yeah, like, what, what's that telling you about yourself? What need is that? See, I could I totally be a coach. <laughs> you tell you, you like it now, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but, but, say, but on a serious note, you know, like, sometimes I'll feel like, oh, I can't, you know, just want to, like, have a day, like, like, a day off. Like, you know, maybe it's under the duvet. I do work from bed sometimes, confession. Um, Especially when it's cold. Uh, but but I think sometimes it's because I'm procrastinating or I'm scared of something that I really need to tackle and by avoiding that it's going to make it worse sometimes I've just maybe had a few days in a row of doing high intensity work if I, you know I know if I do a lot of traveling, if I do a lot of training a lot any any kind of I'm quite an extrovert, but even I have a limit like in terms of that human interaction if I've, if I have a lot of kind of being on and yeah. caring and being delightful and what have you as delightful as I get anyway to people, then I know I need a rest day afterwards so I'll normally try and plan that in, but sometimes I'll forget and it'll get to that point where I'm just like oh finally a day and then it all kind of hits me not necessarily physically but mentally that it's kind of that emotional exhaustion that you can get after you've just continually been you know working at a kind of 10 out of 10 intensity for a while yeah I think you're definitely right about pain. and I think that's when it was worth acknowledging that and taking a break if you need it yeah
0: I think you're right I think you do need to look at what is sitting behind it is it stress is it fear is it procrastination but then sometimes, yeah, we do just need a day off. And I'm the same. If I train people face to face for day to day or done a lot of traveling, then, yeah, on a, on a Friday, say, I would not plan work in. I would would allow that time. Um, so that's assuming you take some time off. If if you are what can we do to prevent you from having a crisis when you're sick as well? So maybe it's worth saying like, what what can we put in place perhaps to to. Uh, uh, plan for the fact that we're going to be sick because we are going to be sick.
1: Yeah, and we can take, you know, we can kind of take a step back from that and go down the kind of, okay, how can you minimise the chances of you getting ill? So how can you make sure you're not overworking yourself? Sleep, like hydration, Yeah, yeah. Exercise. Like in January, I knew I was going to get ill because I was just working a ridiculous amount of hours and I was really stressed. So I knew I was going to get ill. It wasn't a surprise at all when I got a cold. And, and I know I could have avoided that and, and I could have taken those steps to give myself... A bit more of a chance to have a bit of breathing space, and like you say, all those things like health, eat healthily, exercise, sleep, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you can do that, and I think we all know what we need to do around that. So it's that next, it's that that kind of gap of, like you say. What can we do, given that we know that we are going to get sick? Yeah,
0: because when I was in employment, they, they keep a record of your sick days. I think I was sick on average four days, a anywhere between two and four days a year. So we know that any given time you might be knocked off your feet for a couple of days, once or twice a year. So I think there's something for, for, for planning uh, for that. When, when I train time management or coach time management with people, um, I quite often cover the four D's with them. And I think the four D's would be really useful for freelancers with regards to sickness. And that's do, dump, delegate and diarise. So oh, I thought it'd be like day of deeper development due. days. Yeah, days. Or something. yeah. <laughs> No, uh, for, for, So basically the first one is do so if you are feeling sick or you think that you might need to factor in for your sickness Make a list of all the things that you need to actually do so client delivery Anything that any deadline or milestone that cannot come off the stuff that needs doing now and important go do it The second thing you can do is work out the things you can diarize or reschedule I think diarise is an American word, but hey-ho, we'll go with it. It works with the 4D situation. It works with the D, which yeah. is why we're using it. So then work out, well, things are in your diary, but now can I reschedule or move the things in the diary? Can anything go back? So do the things you've got to do. Diarise the stuff that can be rescheduled. The third thing you can do is delegate. So if you're under the weather and maybe you're now behind because you've been sick or your productivity has slowed, is there anything you can delegate to someone else? So do you have a fellow freelancer that could help you out? Or can you pay someone else and outsource the work? So yes, it's ideal if you can keep it, but if it's going to make you more sick to try and plough through it, pay someone. And of course, if you're sick in the short term and you don't want to let the client down, maybe getting an associate or someone else to come in and do the work. Yes, you'll lose the money, but you're guaranteed to deliver. That's the way to do it. The final thing, is that anything you can dump? We all have things in our diary that we would like to do or are nice to do or we feel we ought to do, but if we really need to, can we just dump it out of the diary and just say, look, sorry, I'd love to, but I'm not in a position to do it. So do dump, delegate, diaries. I, I would say do that. And I would also plan in some slack into your schedules. So like we say, you know, I might be sick four days in a year. It's not normally that much. So when I'm planning my time, I should allow you know a bit of slack in the system. So if I take on, I'm doing some design projects at the moment, designing training. I know that I've got maybe a month to deliver each session, but I think I'm gonna to have to, I've put my milestones in, but I'm gonna to have to allow a bit of slack. So what if my computer breaks? What if uh, the stakeholdersn't give me what I need? But equally, what if I fall sick? So I've got to put a couple of days slack in the system for me not being able to deliver as well. So plan for being ill as well. Yeah, saying. I
1: think just having those days where you're expecting something might not go perfectly right. <laughs> I think I think that makes a lot of sense here, whether it's illness or your car breaks down, or you need to ferry your kids somewhere, you get or get a leak in your in
0: your roof or something like that. Yeah, exactly. So build it in, don't never fill your. Yeah, door exactly. With your always
1: try and leave gaps. Um, and then, have you had any experience, Michelle, of of you know insurance or, or any kind of backup situation for if you if you have kind of business interruption or anything like that?
0: Yeah, I used to sell uh, ASU accident sickness unemployment cover when I was you know I used to work for a bank. Um, I've never used it myself when it comes to being freelance, but I have spoken to financial advisors. Uh, I have a broker who occasionally talk to you about the cover and try and sell it to you. So I haven't had a lot of experience. I'd be interested to know whether any of our listeners have. Typically, I found them quite expensive. Well, I'd say they're expensive, other people I know do take those products out and they find that it's worth it to cover their income. So yeah. I think you've got to weigh up what you might cl- be able to claim for versus... That's what it, because I, I I think I did look into it like a year or so ago.
1: And actually, you know, if if you if a lot of your work is kind of just requires you sitting at a computer, I, I don't mean to say just to kind of belittle it, but as opposed to going out and being like a tree surgeon, for example. yeah, um, if, if your work requires you sitting at a computer, then actually... There's there's quite a lot of illness where where technically you could still work you know you still got use of your your hands and your eyesight so so there's a lot of times where technically you could work and I think there's there, there are some restrictions in some of the ones that I looked at um I think there was one thing where you know one of the um one of the things they'd cover was cancer. But there's certain types of cancer that even then they won't cover. So like I think breast cancer was one that they wouldn't cover because it was it's, it's, so, it's so treatable nowadays if it's caught okay. early and the recovery rate's so high. But actually that's gonna be a really big event in your life and you're gonna have a lot of you know, a lot of not just medical exact data. Yeah, yeah, and hospital trips, but the, the mental toll that takes on you as well. Um, not to mention any, you know, any kind of extra treatment that you might need. So I think if you are going to look into stuff like that, do check what they exclude and when they pay out. Some some places I think pay out a certain amount of days after the illness and sometimes and, it's fifteen, sometimes yeah. thirty,
0: sometimes ninety. And then there's a question: Do they backdate it as yeah. well? So, and also check what evidence
1: they need. So I know one of the ones I spoke to said like I had to have. It was more for kind of contractors than than. freelancers freelancers. as it were so it's like oh show me your like contract for how many days you're supposed to work and I'm like well I don't have that it's it's, my work's based on a deliverable yeah yeah you know and yes I have a contract but it's not based on the number of days and so I think there's a little bit of a kind of does not compute thing going on um and I think you know I've seen a couple of things popping up that are sort of more aimed at freelancers um in the kind of last last few months so I think it's something I'm going to
0: have a look at again yeah
1: but
0: um but yeah I, I think it's quite hard to get a suitable product but as you say for some people it does work and it is suitable I know one or two trainers that have it although not many I think the way that I deal with that is I have an emergency fund and I just have enough savings in the bank to cover me for however many months work I try to keep between my wife and I we try to keep one year's salary for either of us somewhere that we can get to it um it's not perfect and it wouldn't cover us well it covers for a bit of both of them but we try and keep enough money in the bank to cover us for not getting work if you are incapacitated for any reason yeah we've got like a contingency fund which is not as big as that yeah well we i'd say we try (laughs) Um, we're gonna buy a house this year so it depends but we're gonna try and work it but again even if you get a few months salary you know you could be you could break your back i don't know you could you could be out of action for quite a long time
1: yeah and it's it's so hard to you know when you're first starting out especially it's so hard to kind of put that money aside when you've got stuff that needs its attention now and everything but i think it's worth it for the peace of mind if you can yeah. do it
0: i think another thing you can do is is we talked before about networking i'm doing air quotes on the podcast again with your competitors we do the klaxon like <clears throat> <competitors. laughs> um yeah network with your competitors and this is again where this can be really beneficial so um i've Put in a bid to provide some training courses if i can't deliver them i've asked do i want a backup trainer and i've spoken to a friend of mine and we're on the same wavelength i know i can give him feedback and then we can communicate and speak the same language and like if i can't deliver this this if, if this project goes through would you be my backup trainer and he said yes he says i'll put you down the same so if i bring him up to speed with my materials if i can't deliver them he can deliver them and a lot of trainers work in a similar manner uh, they'll have a, a number of people who can deliver their products and if they are sick they can call on someone at short notice so again consider networking with your competitors and then you might be able to find someone who can deliver it even when can you take can't. on that work too yeah. yes so that you can continue
1: that kind of client relationship and it yeah it's a mutually beneficial agreement isn't it yes so, a business um, continuity
0: plan or something like yeah, that yeah particularly if you're on a large project with a or a high value project if you are a solo Printer. if you're a young yeah. person then it's especially important I think
1: and we're going to be talking in a, in a future podcast about collaborations and finding the right people and the wrong people to, to work with and the, yeah. the challenges that that you can have um, and what can hold you back from setting up that relationship as well so keep listening for that one Um, one of the things that I found is quite helpful is when I'm when I'm kind of planning my tasks especially if I'm ill and I'm kind of looking at my task list, it's, um, you know, you, you've got kind of the four D's one. I look at it from a perspective of energy sometimes. So I look at my task and okay, what, which tasks have I got that are kind of low energy tasks? Which are the tasks that require high energy? And if you can group your tasks by energy, that works quite well even when you're not sick. Yeah, definitely. Um, and we're gonna do, um, we're gonna be talking about routines as well. And, and like I said, you know, and working kind of with your natural rhythms in another podcast. But if you, if you can identify the the times that you work most creatively and you can group your tasks by the energy that you need that can really help in general so i'm not a morning person so i ease myself in gently to the day with some low energy tasks until i get to the kind of late afternoon early evening when i'm much more creative and actually my ideal working time is about midnight but um i kind of try and stay within the confines of normal human hours
0: if i can because that's when my clients are awake yeah, definitely. You've got work that's cognitively demanding, then you've got more sort of planning and creative work. And I think, yeah, right, knowing wh- how much energy you need for each can help you shift stuff around. <laughs> I think the thing you could do to keep the show on the road is perhaps have some backup content. So I have some blogs which I've written or drafted but never finished, or I've got one p- content that I can repurpose. So if you still want to do your marketing and let the world know you're alive, um, have a couple of podcasts or blogs or some content of something that you can still put out into the world and it makes it look like you're still up and about and being active yeah exactly if
1: you can plan the content ahead of time and schedule it um i mean paul jarvis that everyone knows i love he um i know he's written in in the past about how he's kind of got his newsletters he sends them out every sunday and he's never ever missed one apart from deliberately scheduled breaks when he was writing a book and stuff um and he said you know yeah he's got them like scheduled up and ready to go months in advance because they're not talking about anything particularly topical they're just more kind of general freelancing principles that he talks about. And so, yeah, whether he's ill or not, he's able to send those out. Um, it's very hard, I think, to dedicate the time upfront to getting that organised. But again, it pays dividends in the end if you can schedule stuff, you know, schedule your blog posts or schedule your newsletters or schedule your social media. Um, I mean, the, on- the only thing I think sometimes with social media scheduling is if I'm then if I'm tweeting something that I've scheduled, and then it and then but then I've told someone else I'm ill and they're and they're following me on Twitter. I overthink it and I'm like, oh no, but now they're going to think that I'm I'm like
0: not ill because I've tweeted something and yeah. like yeah, I'm, I'm an overthinker. We know that about me. Yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> don't cause everybody problems. But I think there's another way of doing it. So there you go a number of things we can do to. To keep the show on the road when we're feeling a little bit sorry for ourselves, and be kind to yourself, whatever yes, you do. Yes, definitely. Jill, you know, the other thing is interesting, we were, we were all ill on Friday. Quite a few people were ill at Freelance Froke on Friday. I think you didn't go to Freelance Froke no, because you were um, ill. Michelle called me pathetic. I, I mistyped. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, I went to Freelance Froke because I was ill. So it's interesting because I basically was not ill enough to be in bed. But I knew if I stayed at home, I'd be spaced out just wandering around the house. Whereas I went into Zifferblatt to, to have that buzz, that energy, because I need that. And if I hadn't have gone, I don't think I'd have got half as much done.
1: Yeah, I think that's the thing where it's, you know, getting to know yourself and being honest with yourself about what you need. So, yeah, if if what you need is, is rest and to just sleep, then take that time. If, yeah, if what you need is... To, to kind of have just that little nudge to stop you from just sitting around and feeling sorry for yourself Then I think going and doing stuff out and about. I know my, my other half is, is he hates lying in bed. He always wants to keep doing stuff. And so he's like, I just feel better when I'm out and about. Otherwise i just sit and feel really sorry for myself. Yeah. Um, whereas for me, sometimes I'm like, right, now I need, I know, I need to just rest and not go out and about. And plus the cold made my ears hurt. So I was like, right, I'm going to stay in but that but if i felt but ne- but if i was feeling that i'm still feeling a bit ropey now like four or five days later i'd still i'd go in now because i know like I, that's yeah. not going to do me any you know i'm i'm kind of on the way out of the illness and i know right okay yep if i go into town i'll be fine and it won't knock me out anymore yeah and, and, it's about and, and make, I would want to I would want to connect to people
0: you know I've what makes you feel better as well some tasks energize you some environments energize you and some drain you and yeah. for me a bit I know that interaction with people gets me buzzing being in a more stimulating environment gets me buzzing and I think that was just enough and if all else fails my final tip day and night nurse tablets <laughs> it's decongestant it's caffeine and it's painkiller and it's good shit
1: Yeah, I have to say actually since I've started (laughs) since I've started only drinking decaf coffee if I'm ill and I have some caffeine I'm like I feel amazing (laughs) but actually you know I'm ill when I'm because my Friday morning routine before I go to freelance folk is I always go to Shop Shop in Manchester which is a donut shop and I always go and have my donut and I have my decaf oat milk flat whites and it's my little like hour of sanctuary in the morning so you know if i don't go and have a donut i must be really really Ill yeah some- very little keeps me away from
0: those donuts sometimes chemicals don't prop you up and that's a good time <laughs> you should definitely stay in bed exactly so. <laughs> well they go oh, on that one i think we'll end there, we'll end there the donut tip <laughs> exactly
1: and as always if you've got any thoughts or any comments or any suggestions hit us up on the internet um on twitter at the wheel exists and on Instagram and Facebook and any reputable social media
0: platforms except for Snapchat which I don't understand because I'm an old person. Anymore. Yeah. And I'm dive deeper development or D de- on Twitter. I'm dive D I V E D E P D E V P. One day we'll create some kind of presence that's easier. <laughs> for 99
1: problems but we haven't done that yet. That's no. one of the problems is having too many social media accounts. That's yeah, I'm dipping with that. <laughs> <laughs> and of course if you want to be alerted to our future episodes then please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts and we will see you next time for 99 problems but a boss ain't one